Right, shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be gathered in your presence, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you have your way in our midst today. As we are gathered here to study your word, Father, we pray that you speak to our heart, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, that you have your way in our midst. We pray, God, that our hearts will be good soils, O oh God, for your word. That your word will bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So we, are, we, we continue with our, uh, our series on Christian disciplines. And today we are going to talk about studying the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, I'm going to read the New King James first. I'm sorry, the Old King James and then the New King James and then I'll read the Amplified as well. The Bible says, Steady to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need that not be not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the New King James also says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I'm going to read the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version says, Study and do your best to present yourself to God. Approved. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. I want to tell you a story about a certain guy who doesn't have an approach to reading the Bible. So, you know, he'll hold his Bible like this and then he'll turn it open. Whichever verse comes up, or whichever verse he sees first, he says, okay, God is speaking to me. I'm going to read that verse. So one day he closed the Bible and then he opened it. Where the first thing he saw was, and he went and hanged himself. <laughs> then he closed it again. And then he opened it. And the next thing he saw was, go and do likewise. <laughs> so he went to hang himself, but that's just a joke. <laughs> so we need a systematic way of reading the Bible. We cannot leave that to chance. We cannot be like this guy who closed the Bible and then open. And any verse that comes up will be the first verse he reads. We need a structure when it comes to studying the word. And so the Bible here, Paul was telling Timothy that steady to show yourself approved unto God. The word translated steady means endeavor or labor. So studying is difficult. Studying takes time. Studying is painful. I know all of us have studied for examinations before. And it's not an easy thing. And the Bible is telling us, Steady to show yourself approved unto God. This is Paul instructing Timothy. Paul is an apostle instructing Timothy, who was a young preacher, and he's telling Timothy, steady to show yourself approved unto God. The most important thing to note here in this text is that we are showing ourselves approved not unto man, but unto God. And so when we study the scripture, we want God to give us an approval. If we are doing anything in the kingdom of God, we don't want men's approval. Men's approval is not what we should, we should seek for, but God's approval is what we need. And so the Bible tells us, steady to show yourself approved. That word means to be diligent, 
to give diligence, to labor, to endeavor. It means as a believer, as a child of God, you need to have time that you set aside to study the scriptures. I know that the first Christian discipline we spoke about was fasting. The second Christian discipline we spoke about was having your quiet time. Today, we are talking about studying the scriptures. Studying the scriptures goes beyond just a casual um, reading. It takes time. And as the last, I mean, the last thing we are going to handle is how to study the scripture. It takes time. It takes labor. It takes effort to be able to understand the scriptures. It takes a lot of research to understand the scriptures. More importantly, because in our days, there is so much deception. There is so much contradiction. And that is why you yourself have to be a student of the Bible. Because there are people who are teaching things that do not align with proper doctrine. And that is why you yourself have to be a student of the Bible. If the Bible is our manual, it's the owner's manual. You see, whenever you buy a new product, the first thing you want to read is the owner's manual to understand how, you have to, how you're going to use the product. If the Bible is our manual, then we have to give diligence. We have to set aside time in our week, in our day, that this is the time I am going to study the Bible. We have studied all sort of topics and all sort of subjects. Some of them, we are not even using them now. <laughs> but there is one thing that we have to set our time. That has value for the life we are living now and for the life in eternity. And that is the scriptures. So it is important that you have time and you have a systematic way of studying the scriptures. Now, people study the scripture for so many reasons. Others study it oh, to be able to argue out a point. Others study it so that they can identify people who are misleading others. But the reason why we study the scripture is so that we will practice what we are reading. So if you read the Bible and you don't practice it, it is useless. It is of no use. The knowledge of scripture does not have to become a head knowledge, but it has to become a heart knowledge where it transforms you. The Bible doesn't only inform you, but it transforms you. And the Bible can only transform you when you practice what you are reading. In a time of Jesus Christ, there were people who were reading the Bible. There were the Pharisees, there were the, the, um, the teachers of the law who read the Bible and they were eager to follow everything in the Bible, but they did not understand even though they were teachers. In John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40, Jesus Christ says, um, was telling the Pharisees, search the scriptures for in them. He's telling them, for you search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life. And they... I don't know why I added everything changed to Old King James instead of New King James. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. And they, and are they which testify of me, and yet you do not come to me, that you might have life. So he's telling the Pharisees that you people search the scriptures, and you think that by searching the scriptures you have eternal life. Yet the scriptures testify of me, but you do not come to me. So the Pharisees were reading the scriptures. They could quote. These people were people who have memorized the scriptures. The teachers of the law, they knew the laws by heart. When they wake up from their sleep and you ask them any question, they'll be able to answer. That is how much knowledgeable they were in the scriptures. 
But when the scriptures were unfolding before them, they could not live the life that they were reading. So the scriptures spoke about Jesus Christ. Everything the law had written was about Jesus Christ. But here, here lies the case. Jesus is standing right before them. And they could not link what they were reading in the pages of the Bible to what was happening before them. And Jesus Christ, listen, Jesus Christ was telling them, listen, the scriptures talk about me. But here I am standing here in your presence. But yet you cannot come to me. And so if we study the scripture and we don't apply it to our lives, it becomes useless. It becomes powerless. We cannot experience the power in the scriptures if we don't apply them to our lives. So the number one reason why we study the scripture is so that we will apply them. So that we will walk in obedience to what the scripture says. Amen. And so as you set time to study the scripture, your number one purpose will be to apply them. How do I know somebody who is knowledgeable in the scriptures? It is their lifestyle. It is not how many times they quote the scriptures or they quote it accurately. It's not how detailed they are able to explain the scriptures. It is their life. If you really understand the scripture, your life will show it. How you, how you, you live your life demonstrates the understanding you have of scripture. When the scripture see, uh, stops being something you have in your head, but becomes something that you have in your heart, it shows in your character. It shows in your life. And that is how you, you are able to tell somebody who knows the scripture is their life, their character. Just head knowledge of scripture is not enough. It has to be heart knowledge where you, your life is given to the scriptures. And when we talk about studying the scripture, some people would say, oh, studying the scripture is for pastors <laughs> or it's for people who preach. It's not for me. Now, in the book of Acts chapter 17, Verse 10, the Bible talks about a certain group of people in a certain church. The Bible says, And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away. I'm going to give you the background by night unto Berea, who coming hither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than the others in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with readiness. One, readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So first of all, Paul went to Thessalonica to preach. And when he went there to preach, he was telling the Jewish people that you don't have to obey the, the, the laws. You just have to surrender to Jesus. He was telling the Gentiles. And the Jewish people were offended that Paul was teaching this to the Gentiles, that they don't have to obey the laws. They just have to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior and walk in love. So that they opposed Paul in that city. So Paul had to had to move into another city because they wanted to kill him in, in, in that city. So Paul came to Berea, and when he was teaching, he says, these people were fair-minded because they received the word with readiness and they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. This, this is just an ordinary church, ordinary church, but they had a certain character that was good. Paul says they were fair-minded because when the word of God was preached to them, they only didn't receive the word, but they went back to search the scriptures to confirm that what Paul was preaching was true. These people studied the scriptures. The Bible says, therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women with these Greeks and of men. So the men and women came to believe because they searched the scriptures for themselves. 
I know that we, we say in our days right now that, oh, life has become so busy. There are so many things that are calling for our attention. But if the word of God is the most important thing in your life, you have to make time for it. Just like you make time for everything that is important to you. You make time to eat. No matter how busy you are in your day, you make time to eat. And that is why you have to make time to study the word. And so when you have your quiet time, have time in your day. Maybe when you come back from work, you do a study of the scripture. Like this is the time I am studying the scripture to understand. You see, the mistake sometimes that we can, can even happen to us, we those who preach, is that whenever we study the scripture, all we are thinking about is I'm studying the scripture so that I'll go and preach. And the word does not become beneficial to us. But first of all, we also have to study the scripture and apply it to our lives before we even preach. And that is the challenge of every preacher, that whenever you are reading the Bible, you are not only reading for, looking for something to go and preach, but you are looking for the Bible to transform you and that you can preach from what the transformation that you have. Studying the Bible is not just the duty of the preacher. But every believer has to study the Bible. There are some who also say that, okay, I only read the New Testament. I've even heard some preachers saying that, that I read the New Testament. The New Testament is all I have to read. And I don't have to read the Old Testament. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. So those things that were concealed in the Old Testament... Those things that were a shadow in the Old Testament, the New Testament revealed those things to us and gave us an understanding. Every theme, every topic that you ever find in the New Testament, it has its roots in the Old Testament. And so it is good to read the Old Testament and the New Testament together. Don't listen to those people who say, oh, we only read the New Testament. Some people even say that I only read from Acts to um, Revelation. That means they don't read the Gospels. But please, every scripture, every text, I mean, every um, book of the Bible that has been canonized, it is good for our reading. Paul says here in this text that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. He says all scripture. And, and I was thinking about this. The time that Paul was writing this text, the scripture he was referring to actually was the Old Testament. At that time, he didn't even know that his letters would be, would be canonized one day and they would become part of the New Testament. And so when Paul was telling Timothy that all scripture is by inspiration, he was even referring to the Old Testament. So those who say that they won't read the Old Testament, they are wrong right from the word go. We have to read the Old Testament and the New Testament. They were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. They were written by men by inspired by the Holy Spirit. The wonderful thing about reading the Bible is when you read the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you see that the Bible is talking about the same thing right from the beginning. Right across several generations, they were all writing about the same thing. They wrote in different, different locations. They had different professions. They were fishermen, they were prophets, they were lawyers. Some of them were tax collectors, but they wrote about the same thing. Right from Genesis to Revelation, it talks about the same thing. And that is the wonderful thing when you read the Bible. 
that this is a book that was written over several years ago. I mean, they, all the books were written in different years by different people, in different locations, some of them in different languages, but they tell the same story. The Bible is not an accident. It's just not an ordinary book. When you think about this concept from Genesis to Revelation, it is talking about the same thing. But it was written by different people, sometimes in different languages, people who lived in different generations, yet they were able to talk about the same concept. And that is why you, that this is one of the reasons that, I mean, for me, convinces me that the Bible is not an ordinary book. It, it can't be an ordinary book. I've heard people say, oh, this is just stories that have been put together. It doesn't make sense. If you really study the Bible, you will see that, no, this is just not an ordinary book. There is no book like the Bible. Amen. And so the Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, one, first, for doctrine. Every doctrine must have a basis in the Bible. You know, the unfortunate thing is some of them, some people, some believers, some preachers use their experience and they make a doctrine out of their experience and they teach it to other people. That is wrong. Every doctrine must have its root in the Bible, not your experience. Don't let your experience shape your interpretation of the Bible. Let Bible interpret Bible. You use scripture to interpret scripture. Don't use your experience to interpret scripture. And don't establish a doctrine from your experience. You'll be, you'll be in error. So Bible says, the Bible is good for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And so when you are reading the Bible, first of all, sometimes you face certain scriptures that correct you yourself first. Don't just read and look for where some people are wrong. That, let me tell you another story. There was a, a small church, and this, there was this guy who always came to church. I don't know if I've shared this story here before. <laughs> always came to church. And after the pastor has finished preaching, he would go and tell the pastor, Today you preach very powerfully. You gave it to the people. <laughs> so you gave it to the people. Every time the pastor finished preaching, some of them, the pastor intentionally directed to the guy, but he would come and tell the pastor that today you gave it to the people. <laughs> so one day... It was raining, so everybody didn't come to church. He was the only one who came to church. <laughs> so the pastor said, okay, this time I've got this guy. The pastor released everything he wanted to tell this guy in the sermon. <laughs> and then after the service, the guy still came to the pastor and said, you preach very powerfully today. It's unfortunate they didn't come to church. <laughs> you would have given it to them. <laughs> so everything the pastor is preaching doesn't relate to him. <laughs> It relates to other people. And sometimes that's how we approach the Bible. <clears throat> when we read something, then we find, oh, this, the Bible is talking about these people. The Bible is talking about the other, but always we don't relate it to ourselves. When we read the Bible, let's relate it to ourselves first. <clears throat> the Bible says that when you look in the, in the law, or when you, read, when you look into the scripture, it is like looking in the mirror. The first image you see is yourself. And so whenever you read the Bible, apply it to yourself. Don't be like this other guy who is always directing it towards other people. So the Bible says, the, Bible, um, the scripture here says that the Bible is good for reproof and for correction. And so when the Bible corrects you, don't be offended. Just take it, apply it to your life and change. Listen to what the Bible says. <clears throat> the next thing is for instruction in righteousness. So the Bible is good for instruction in righteousness. Say, so that the man of God may be perfect. Totally 
furnished unto every good work. If we are going to be furnished, if we are going to be, if we are going to have the tools for righteousness and for every good work, we will get that from the Bible. The Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. When you are wrong, the Bible is good for correction. The Bible will correct you. It is good for instruction in righteousness. And that is why we have to read the Bible. And talking about reading the Bible, we have to read the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let's not be those believers who say that I, I only read the, the New Testament. No, it is not enough to read the New Testament. Every doctrine in the Bible has its root in the Old Testament. Every doctrine that you ever... As a matter of fact, it is an error to pick a doctrine with just one verse in the, in the New, um, New Testament. The doctrine must start first in the Old Testament. So the Old Testament, the New Testament revealed those things that were hidden in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the things that we see in the New Testament were concealed. So the people who practiced the Old Testament or the people who obeyed the Old Testament didn't fully understand the concept of what they were doing. But the New Testament came to reveal all those things to us. And so it is good for us to study both the Old and the New Testament and not limit ourselves just to the New Testament. So why do we study the Scripture? We study the Scripture to become like Jesus Christ. As we spend time in the pages of the Bible, the ultimate goal is that we will become like Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ultimate character, like I said last week. The, all the other characters that we see in the Bible, they are just supporting characters. The ultimate character in the Bible, the main man of the story is Jesus Christ. And right from Genesis, in every book of the Bible, you can see Jesus in the picture. If you spend time to um, study the Bible, every single book in the Bible, you see Jesus in the picture. And that's why I say the Old Testament concealed these things, but the New Testament revealed them to us. And so we study the Bible to become like Jesus Christ. In James chapter 1, the Bible says that, But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving your, your own selves. For if any be a hearer, a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man holding Beholding his natural face in a glass. The Bible says this man, let me just continue reading from what I have here. For he who observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So the one who looks into the perfect law and is not a forgetful reader, doesn't forget. It's like when you look into the mirror, like the example I gave the other time. When you look into the mirror, which is the word of God, when you're looking into the mirror, this morning I will assume that we all looked into the mirror. And you, if you see something in your face or something in your shirt or a lens in your shirt that you don't like, what do you do? You take it out. In the same way, when you read the Bible and the Bible paints a picture of you, or the Bible points something to you that you don't like. What do you do? You change. And so I tell people that you change your lifestyle to conform to what the Bible says. But you don't change the interpretation of the Bible to conform to your lifestyle. We find people doing that a lot in this generation. 
They will rather change the meaning of the Bible so that their life will fit into it. But we, ch- we shouldn't change the meaning of the Bible. We change our life to conform to what the Bible says. And so when we look into the, the law of liberty, it is to bring us transformation. It is to... We, some people also only look into the Bible and they want to see things that encourage them. It's like when you're preaching, everybody wants to be exalted. They want to be encouraged. They don't want correction. This is one thing that this generation is facing. You don't correct anybody. You just, they want words of motivation. Motivate them, encourage them. But the Bible says in the text that we read earlier, that the scripture, all scripture is by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and for correction. It is good for exhortation, but it's also good for correction. And so don't be offended when you read the Bible and it points out something about you that you don't like. But rather with a, a humble heart, you can ask God to help you correct that thing in your life. The Holy Spirit will not condemn you, but will definitely reprove you and correct you. And so whenever he corrects you, just take that correction and ask for his help to work on your life. Amen. So we do not study the Bible to just to confirm our own biases. You know, sometimes you are, you're reading the Bible, you already have an inter- interpretation for what the text is saying. And so whatever the Bible is saying, you will not pay attention. All you are saying is, oh, this is the way I understand it. And this is the way it is. So we don't read the Bible to confirm our biases. But we have to be open to the Bible. We have to be open. When the Bible criticizes your bias, you have to openly accept it. There are some of the things you read that you will not accept immediately, but it will take study. It will take digging. It will take taking time to research to come to a conclusion that, oh, I was wrong. One of the humbling things for every leader is to admit that I was wrong. And sometimes leaders in the pulpits don't normally do that. They don't admit that they were wrong. But sometimes you study something and you have taught it one way for a very long time. And you come to the conclusion, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> May God forgive us. <laughs> right, so we don't study the Bible to, for argument. We don't study the Bible just to win an argument. Remember those days when I was much younger. When I go out for evangelism. I remember one time I went for, out for evangelism. I met a guy. I met a guy who was Catholic, so we had an argument, and we, you know, we talk about talking about all those things about Mary and all those things. So uh, the guy did not really accept our our, our our point of view. So we had to reschedule the meeting. We scheduled rescheduled the meeting. Prepared my verses to go and win the argument. <laughs> the next day we went there to go and win to argue again for like two hours. We didn't get anywhere. <laughs> So, I mean, from, from all those experiences, I realized that you, you don't have... The Bible says it's better to win a brother than to win an argument. And so, okay, let them win the argument, but teach what the Bible is saying. So the Bible is not to win an argument. There's a text in Philippians that says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so if you are communicating your knowledge just to prove a point, the people don't normally get the benefits of what you are communicating. But if you are communicating your knowledge in love, that is where you'll be able to reach the people. And so knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So the best way to communicate your knowledge is through love. If you communicate your knowledge just to prove a point, 
or just, just to put their people down, to win an argument, the people don't get the benefits. But if your knowledge is communicated through love, that is how you'll be able to reach people. And so love edifies. The focus of your com communicating what you know is to edify the people, lift them from one point to another point, and not to put them down. That is not what Jesus Christ did. There was a time that uh, during my study, I just wanted to study how Jesus Christ interacted with people who opposed him. And it's wonderful, the knowledge and the wisdom and how he tolerated, the grace that he demonstrated when he met the people who opposed them. When you look at Jesus, the lifestyle, whenever he met the Pharisees, whenever he met the teachers of the law, he demonstrated knowledge, wisdom, and he tolerated all their questions, answered them. Now, sometimes that he refrained from ask, um, answering their questions, demonstrating that he had higher knowledge. And that is how we have to be because... <clears throat> In this generation, there are a lot of people who have several arguments. Several arguments. They will oppose you. If you go out today to evangelize, you meet people who will oppose the script, the, your, your knowledge of the scriptures. But if you communicate to them through love, you'll be able to reach their heart. Amen. Amen. So we don't study the scripture. We don't study the Bible to win argument. We don't study the scripture just to prepare a preaching sermon. You don't study the scripture. This I'm telling myself. I don't study the scripture just to prepare a sermon. I shouldn't study the scripture to prepare. I had a preacher saying that somebody, you can work in the restaurant, restaurant, I'm sorry, feeding other people yet starve to death. That's like a preacher who always prepared. Every, the only time you, you read the Bible is preparing a sermon. So you'll be feeding other people. They will be blessed. They will be edified. But you are starving your spirit to death. You also need the scriptures. You also need the Bible. So you study the Bible for yourself. We study the Bible to practice it. That is the only reason why you study the Bible, to practice what the Bible is saying, so that you become like Jesus Christ. Now, how to study the Bible? You know, first thing is, it is good to invest in a good study Bible. It is good. Right now, they have, we have a lot of apps that have very good, um, you know, very good commentaries. It is good to read commentaries, but the ultimate interpretation of scripture comes from the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. Don't only rely on commentaries 100%. I read commentaries, I have a lot of them, I read them, but make sure that you don't totally rely on them. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding. So commentaries are very good. I recommend commentaries, definitely I will, but Know that as you rely on commentaries, allow the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. Sometimes you read a text, you don't understand it. Don't force it. Don't force to reach a conclusion. Sometimes it will take months for you to understand one text. I remember there was a text that I argued about with a friend, another brother. And I studied this. It took me like three months to come to a conclusion that, oh, I was wrong. And I called him. I told him I was wrong. I just, I just saw it, that I was wrong. So sometimes... Don't force it. Take your time. Study it. Go over it. You put it down, but come, come back to it. Take your time. Read it, and you will gain the understanding. Don't force it. So invest in a good study Bible. If you don't have one, they have this life application Bible. It is a very good one. I, I was going to write examples here, but I stopped because I don't want to be advertising anything that is going to cost you. But then Life Application Bible is one of the good ones. So invest in a good study Bible. Have a steady plan. 
Don't be like the guy I spoke about in my introduction who just close the Bible and open to any text and then read. Have a steady plan. Right now we have these apps that have steady plans. And sometimes when you, when you have um, like something that you are interested in, like leadership, you can select leadership and they'll give you a plan on leadership. They'll give you verses on leadership that you can read. So have a steady plan. If there's, for instance, if you choose one topic or one theme for the month, that when those steady plans can give you all the areas that you can study about your topic. And so have a steady plan. And now how to study the Bible. The first method, and there are other methods, but I've listed out seven of them here um, that I want to talk about. First one is the microscopic study of this Bible, which means you use the, you know, when you have, when you have, if you have a very good Bible, it has this column reference where you see, you read a, a text and it has A on it. The, so the reference A is pointing to another verse in the, maybe in the middle or beneath the Bible. It has other references there. So microscopic study will link one verse to other verses in the Bible that talk, talks about the same thing. And so you will narrow down on that verse. You want to understand what the verse is talking about. It will point you to other verses, other references in the Bible that you can um, use. And um, it, is a, it is one of the ways that I use to study the Bible. When I see something like I, I you, you follow the references in the Bible, all the, those good Bibles. I think that this time the ordinary ones also have, it shouldn't be a commentary Bible. They all have the reference where you can trace the reference of the text that you are reading. And that is the microscopic way of reading the Bible. Now, expository um, study is focused on the text. Doing an exposition of the text. You focus on one text and try to understand what the text is saying. If it is a verse, you want to understand what the verse is saying. We are encouraged in the Bible school that whenever you want to understand a verse, go back at least at least three verses or five, and then go forward at least three or five verses as well. That gives you understanding, gives you a context of what the Bible is saying. There could be a contextual truth and a universal truth. There are certain verses, when you put them in that context, they are true. When you take them out of that context, it's not true. Those are not universal truth. And that is the problems that we have these days, that people will pick things out of the context and run with them, and they don't really understand. They don't place it in the context. If you take it outside, there are things that... One example is the Lord gives and the Lord takes. You put it in that context, it's very correct. But people take it out of the context and they apply it to so many other situations. And sometimes it is wrong in the situations that you apply them to. I don't want to um, give any other example on that. <laughs> All right, so there's also the narrative study of the Bible where you pick one story. Like just recently I was looking at the story of Jacob. How from, the, from his birth, how he... Um, he he dealt with his brother, how he left and he came back. I was there. So narrative study is just studying the story, trying to understand the story. And those ones are very interesting to do, right? When you do a narrative study, of, like you pick Joseph, for instance, you want to study about Joseph from the beginning to the end, beginning of the story of Joseph to the end of the story of Joseph. So that is the narrative study of the Bible. Now there's a topical study of the Bible 
where you pick one topic and you build and look for all the scriptures that talk about that topic. So for instance, you want to talk about love. You want to do a topical study on love. You pick love <laughs> and you look for all the verses. <laughs> that, this one can be a very tedious one. People will just take two or three verses and they will say, oh, by two or three witnesses an issue is confirmed. And so they will not do a detailed study of that, that topic. But if you want to do a topical study, look for all the verses that talk about it and make sure you, you exhaust all the verses. That will give you a good understanding. That's why I said studying the Bible is labor. It is not easy. And so if you want to understand any topic in the Bible, look for all the verses. Now we have apps that will help us. Concordance. They, they, I have one here. It's an app. You just search. You want to search. And it will give you all, everywhere that that word is mentioned in the Bible. Everywhere. And, and that's why you hear some preachers saying, oh, this has been mentioned 200 and so, so, so times. Now you use the concordance. You do the search. <laughs> you just do the search and you find how many times it's mentioned in the Bible. The first time it was mentioned in the Bible, you have it all there. So right now, in this generation, we have tools that the other generations didn't have. That's why one day I'm telling you, if we meet Peter, Peter will be surprised that... <laughs> we didn't pay our time to study. We didn't pay attention to study the Bible, because th those days there were times that when one church reads the Bible, they have to take it to another church for them to read the. I'm sorry, the letter. Like one church will read the letter and then take it to another church. But these days we have everywhere we can see the the the, um, the scriptures on the internet, on our phones, on several apps that can help us. Let's use them. Amen. You know how sometimes. When you hear a preacher saying, oh, this word is mentioned 200 and so times, you think the preacher appears to be very smart to you. This time we can search for those things easily using the concordance. And so let's all do the search. Let's all do the study ourselves. The next thing is character study. Character study, where you pick one character. You pick like Joshua and you want to study about Joshua. You pick Moses and you want to study about Joshua, uh, about Moses. And you pick Jesus and you want to study about Jesus from his birth to his death. Amen. Emphatic study, that is, study that is, you emphasize on certain words. Like you pick one word in the Bible and you want to emphasize, like for instance, the word power. The word power in the New Testament means so many other things. You want to find out every time the Bible uses power, is it referring to the same thing? No. So you have to understand the different, even the word love. Every time the Bible uses love, it is referring to a different thing. And so you have to understand in that context, what is the Bible talking about? What type of love is the Bible talking about? That is an infantic study. And then the last one is a book study where you pick a book of the Bible and you study it to the end. So don't, you, you need to have a plan that you study the Bible. Okay, I'm going to, don't just casually read anything. Like today you read Matthew. The next day you read John. The next day you read... If you don't have a, a systematic way of studying the Bible, your Bible study life doesn't become very interesting. And so because your Bible life is not interesting, you are not consistent with reading the Bible. When you consistently read the Bible, one thing that happens is you get a greater understanding of what you're reading. And then your desire for in reading the Bible increases as you do it consistently. You see, So don't, don't, don't read it today, Sunday, and the next time your Bible will see you, is the next Sunday. That is not good. 
You need to have a consistent Bible study life. Amen. It is one of very important Christian disciplines. The reason why studying the Bible will become more important in our days is that there is going to be, even now, there is a lot of deception. And the level of deception is going to increase. And that is why we need to find the truth for ourselves. We all have to be students of the Bible. We need to study the Bible. Amen. Amen. Right. Um, Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to be in your presence to study your word. Father, we pray that you will have your way in us. Give us an understanding. Give us the discipline to be able to sit and study the scriptures. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will help us and bring all things to our understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen.